0: Perak Vav Mishnah Minim Harbe. If one is sitting down and there are all different types of food in front of him, he's got jelly beans, he's got cookies, he's got apples, he's got oranges, and he's got dates and figs and wheat. So, what does he make a bracha on first? Huda, Om, says, If one of the foods that are in front of him are from the Sheva Minim that Aritzul is blessed with, then those foods will take precedence and that's what you'll make the bracha on first. The Bartanura enumerates the shemimim: chita, saira, gefen, teina, rimon, zayis, utmarim. Wheat, barley, uh, grapes, figs, pomegranates, olives, and dates. If any of these foods are in front of you, and then you have jelly beans, for example, of course you'll make the heites on the pomegranate or the Mizonos on the wheat before you make the Shehaka on the jelly bean, because these foods are these foods are special. Our tzaddik is blessed with these foods, and they take precedence as far as which one you make a bracha on first. The 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 they're better because the Yisrael is praised with these fruits and these uh, foods. Alright. That's the opinion of Reb Yehuda. No. You make the bracha on whatever you want. Why? Because the khum hold the chaviv adiv. Meaning, if you have a jelly bean and you have a pomegranate, if you love the jelly bean better than the pomegranate, Chaviv takes precedence. The principle of Chaviv, of what you like better, takes precedence, even though the pomegranate is a special fruit. And therefore, you go by what you like better. And the actually follows like the Chachamim. Alright, moving right along to Mishnahe, there's an introduction here, which is good to go through, I'll go through, go through it briefly, to give you an idea of Mishnahe. <clears throat> so Mishnahe is discussing now the halachas of a suuda and the brachos that you make by a suuda. So we know that when a person makes a suuda, normally he's making the seudah on bread. And when you make the bracha on bre- bread, you make a hamotzi lechem in the aras, and it exempts all of the foods that accompany the bread. For example, foods that are literally with the bread. You know, you eat bread with tahina, you eat bread with the hummus. You don't make a separate bracha on the tahina and the hummus. It's part of the bread, it's part of the meal. And also, you also don't make a bracha on foods that are part of the meal, but not necessarily are tied exactly to the bread. Tahina and hummus are... Eaten with their bread, but vegetables, cheese, eggs, fish, meat, they're not eating with their bread, but they're part of the meal. And therefore, the hamotzi will cover all of these foods. That's a general principle. However, something that's something that's coming not because of the meal. For example, all of a sudden he gets a jelly bean in the middle of the meal. You don't have jelly beans as part of your meal. So, since it's not, it's not accompanying the bread. Therefore, that's coming as a dessert or to clean your palate. It's not really part of the meal. It's not exempt by the hamotzi and it requires its own bracha. That means if you're having a meal and you washed and you made a hamotzi and you're having steak and hot dogs and salad and all different foods, and all of a sudden you have a jelly bean, the jelly bean is not part of the meal. You'd have to make a shahakal on that jelly bean. Where this is most common is by dessert. When you bring out these foods that are not part of the meal and you bring them as a dessert, you make a bracha on them. The shows a yain and so the one who drinks wine. If you drink wine in the middle of the meal, Av Bamak even though wine is really part of the meal, it's not something random. Wine's part of the meal. Nevertheless, wine is special. The- bracha on the bread, the hamotis does not exempt the wine, and you have to make a break-piyagafen on the wine, because yayin goyim bracha la'atzmah, yayin, wine, is chashiv and it causes its own bracha for itself, and therefore, even though it's part of the meal, wine always needs its own bracha. However, Mishas, yayin, one who drinks wine before the meal, he made a break-piyagafen before the meal, but ragu lishosh yayin, he's ragu, he's, he's, you know, he's custom to always drink wine, also during the meal, so now, he does not have to make a new bracha on the wine in the meal, because he exempt exempted it with the wine before the meal, right? For example, one who makes Kiddush. He makes Kiddush on wine, on Shabbos, or on Yom Tif, and then he washes, and then he has the meal, and then during the meal he wants to have more wine. Of course, he's exempt because he made a bracha before the meal, and that'll exempt the wine during the meal. Our mission is going to discuss now a principle where you have wine that you're drinking after the meal, la'achar <laughs> But before you bench, and so to parperas. We'll see what parperas is momentarily. But whether it be wine, whether it be parperas, that you eat after the meal, but before you bench. Because the minute was in those days, after the meal, before they would bench, they would withdraw their hands from their bread, and they would sit down and have you know, their cocktails and their wines and their fancy foods, and it wasn't part of the meal, and they haven't benched yet. So the lacha is that these things that are coming after the meal, after they've withdrawn their hands from the bread, they need their own bracha. That means even though you made your bracha on the wine before the meal, and then you washed, then you drink wine during the meal, during the meal that wine did not need a bracha. But once you're done with the meal and you pull your hands away from the bread and now you're just chilling before, before you bench, if you have wine then, you actually have to make another bracha on the wine. That's the chiddush over here. She'ein be'chas ha'paz Since these foods that are coming after the meal before you bench are not really part of the meal, the bread does not cover it. Now this whole concept of achar has'uda is not knowing nowadays because the only time we withdraw our hands from the bread is after we bench. But in those days... This is how they would operate, and therefore the Mishnah is going to teach us the halacha of how they would operate in those days. So, with that in mind, let's see the Mishnah. One who makes a bracha on wine, before his meal, he drinks the wine, he has a nice wine, before he washes. And then he washes, and he has his meal. He's exempt now from making a bracha on wine. After the meal. He does not have to make a bracha on wine that is served after the meal before benching. I, we just said that you do. So here it's different. The Gemara explains that we're only talking about a case where the wine before the meal will exempt the wine after the meal, though before you benched. In the scenario where you withdraw your hands from the bread, you're no longer eating bread yet, you're just not ready to bench, normally we said you have to make a new bracha on that wine. Here you don't. Why? Because we're talking about it's Shabbos, or it's Yom Tif. it's So since a sense of person that normally is kovea suda on wine, and his das is that after the meal, before he benches, he'll have more wine. So he knows about it when he makes his first first bracha before the meal. Therefore, even after the meal, during that period, he does not have to make the bracha on wine again. But the rest of the year, he doesn't normally drink wine after the meal before he benches, he'd have to make another bracha on the wine. That's the point over here. It looks like he's starting the wine anew, and therefore requires a new bracha. So on Yom he makes Kiddush, drinks his wine. He makes some eats his bread. During the meal, he has wine, it's fine. After the meal, before he benches in those days, even though it's a separate part of the meal, he still makes no bracha because he knew when he made Kiddush before the meal, he was going to have more wine later. That's all fine. But during the rest of the year, where you're just making bracha and wine now, and then you're washing and having your meal... If after your meal is over, before you're ready to bench, you decide to have a cocktail, have a wine, and sit on the couch and drink, you have to make a new bracha on wine, even though you made one earlier, because look at this as a new, a new time frame. The bishop says further, ala Similarly, one who makes a bracha on parparas before his meal, Pater esa mazon. He exempts the parparas from after the meal. So what is parparas? Any food that you regularly eat that accompanies the bread, like vegetables and fish and meat and different types of tof- different types of cooked items, these are all called parperes according to the And some eat these parperes before the meal in order to to build up your appetite. and you eat it after the meal before you bench, to clean up like your palate from the meal. Like a lift, like a like like this like a, a turnip or a radish, clean up your mouth. So you're making a bracha on the paparas before the meal, and then after the meal before you bench you having more papares. And some explain that or rather, most commentators explain that papares is actually something that you make a Mizonos on, like a Peruan Uvation dried up crumbs or some kind of biscutium, some kind of biscuit or cracker, so different of what paparas is. Either it's some kind of vegetable, or, 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 or meat, or fish that accompanies the bread, or some kind of biscuit that you eat. So, mikol makam, nevertheless, however you can explain it, the mission is teaching you. Shaocha paparaz, who eats before the se'udah? He makes the bracha on it. He does not need to make a new bracha on the paparaz that is served to him after the se'udah, before he benches. bracha of He was already really exempt with the bracha that he made before the meal started. And here it doesn't look like they differentiate whether it's Shabbos or Yom Tif. So whether we make the differentiation or not, it's not clear, but at least from here, it doesn't seem like we do with regards to Paris. <laughs> All right. And that would mean whenever you have paparaz before the meal, and you can have it again after the meal, before you bench, you do not make a new bracha. Paz. the Mishnah concludes, that you make a bracha on bread, you make a hamotzi. Pati you exempt as a papariz. Of course you exempt the paparas that you're eating during the meal, even if it wasn't because of the suda. Because the papyrus is always tough, it's always it's always like a tough secondary to the bread. And therefore the bracha on the bread exempts it. However, Allah Paparas, one who makes a bracha on the paparas first, for example, they serve him some kind of biscuit or cracker that he makes a on. So lo pater as a pat, he doesn't exempt the bread from its hamotzi, because the tafel, the secondary, cannot exempt the iker, the main thing. She ain't tafel poter as a iker. even if his intention is, when he's making the on the paparist, to exempt the bread, it doesn't matter, it doesn't help, because the bread is is, is prominent to the, to, the, to this cookie, to this cracker. And he's obligated to make a hamotzi but he wants to eat like some kind of mais basically there's a stew Dice, some kind of porridge of some sort after he made the bracha on the paperas he has some kind of biscuit made of mizonos. Now he wants to have a stew so of course he does not have to make a new bracha because that would be exempt with the first mizonos he made so it's like a person makes a bracha on paperas it does not exempt bread. He starts to make a hamotzi on bread. One who makes a maizka some kind of uh, another kind of stew, so this would be more chashev, more prestigious, and therefore, one who makes the bracha on the paparaz, it would not exempt nor the bread nor this maizka nor this stew either, according to the opinion of Rashi and that's it for Mishnah Hay.